0: So welcome everyone. And I uh, wanted to start out. Yeah, come right, come on in, for free. Uh, just very briefly telling you about my uh, my personal history with pain. Um, I started as a young child, like maybe five or six. Uh, I I was very sensitive to fabrics, to um, cotton and wool and. Um, velvet, the wool blanket bothered me. Things that touched my skin bothered me. And um, labels, any labels on anything, you know, were painful to me. And I was uncomfortable most of the time. Um, And um, I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know, you know, nobody knew anything about it. I just, it didn't feel good. And a few years later, when I was um, eight, I began to have arthritic pain and uh, it was just one joint you know and it got injured and it got deformed and um, you know my mother took me to the doctor and they didn't know what to do with it and a couple of years later another joint and um, and so on so um, and during this time you know uh, with this uh, uh, this pain that just wouldn't go away um, I felt wrong about it nobody else around me had the pain and um, everybody else seemed to be having these normal lives and you know and I was just hurting and so I felt I had to hide it you know and so nobody knew about it except maybe my family and then they didn't know that much about it I mean they knew I had hurt but they didn't know that it was this ongoing constant thing and so I never told any of my friends about it and um as I kept getting older and more joints kept getting involved, um, I uh, started doing yoga. And again, in the yoga practice, it's a very aggressive yoga. It wasn't like the the kind of yoga you see these days. It's a very aggressive yoga, and it was very um, actually more damaging to me than helpful. And again, I you know I really they told me that it would kind of cure everything. You know, so I. Um, I really tried hard, and none of it was uh, particularly pleasant to, for me to do, but I kept—I I tried hard for a number of years working with it. And by the time um, I became a chiropractor, I had multiple joints involved, and uh, being a chiropractor was a very physically demanding profession. And um, I tried a lot of different alternative approaches, and nothing particularly helped. My main relief came from jogging every day. Uh, jogging would get uh, the endorphins going, the hormones in my brain. And for a few hours afterwards, I felt pretty, pretty good. And, of course, uh, getting my husband to massage me worked really well, too. <laughs> um, but I was able to stay active. Um, I uh, played racquetball. I did a lot of different things. And as long as my attention was in something else, I was able, um, you know, I was able to work with the pain. Um, but as I continued to age and with the demands of my profession, it actually started to get worse. And so at that point, I started meditating regularly. And uh, for the first number of years, the meditation worked fantastic. It just created a lot more spaciousness in my life. It decreased uh, the the level of pain, and um, and things were going really well and then it got worse, and um, and that was a, kind of a major blow for me, because um, for so many years, I, I'd been handling it so well, I was, you know, it was there, and I sort of had to leave that it, it wasn't gonna get worse, <laughs> and um, so the joints got worse, and I had to stop running, and I had to stop playing racquetball, so my life changed quite a bit, and, um, and I, you know, and then what happened was like the meditation I'd been doing mindfulness meditation um, and the way I had been doing it uh, what happened was that I started fixating on my pain so that every time I closed my eyes to meditate my attention would go okay what's the most dominant thing here and i go ah pain so my mind got conditioned to be continuously noticing the pain more than ever now and, um, you know, so I was kind of stuck in this cycle where meditation wasn't enjoyable and it wasn't helping. And, um, and, and I finally what, I, what happened at that point was that I did this um, uh, month-long retreat uh, that used a very different approach in meditation. And what it was was a, um, a very deep concentration practice where I focused away from the pain and we focused on um, something pleasant and i was able to um, increase my concentration away from the pain and was able to enter these very wonderful pleasant states again and uh, it made meditation enjoyable now the interesting thing about concentration states is that you can't maintain them when you come out of meditation you know, they, they last for a while. I mean, they definitely, you know, they, they help overall. But they don't, they don't last. You know, once you come out after a couple hours, you know, you're, you're kind of back to normal. But it gave me enough of a, of a space and of a, of a well feeling in my life again um, that it let me start using mindfulness meditation in a more skillful manner so that I could use both. I could use concentration, the straight concentration that just makes you feel good, and I could use mindfulness practice in a way that didn't fixate on the pain. Um, are there anybody who's very new to mindfulness meditation practice here? So a few people? Okay. with, with mindfulness meditation is, is basically we pay attention to whatever's going on. And under normal conditions, you know, you you know, you might be sitting there paying attention to what's going on. You may get a little bit of pain, and then you may get a feel, you know, you may have a thought. So you notice you're thinking, and you notice that I'm a little impatient. So the mind kind of goes to whatever's happening. And it goes from one thing to another, and as the mind gets quieter, it kind of settles in and isn't all that busy. Um... But the, the instructions in mindfulness meditation are to give attention to whatever comes up, to put whatever becomes dominant. And sometimes with chronic pain, the pain is the only thing that calls to us. And so we have to, and the longer we've had chronic pain, the more we've conditioned our minds to always go there. And so we have to consciously train ourselves to start Going out, to have another choice. Not to push the pain away. Not to pretend it's not there. Not to deny it. Not to suppress it. But to actually consciously give ourselves another choice. Like right now, no matter how much pain you have, right this moment, you have a thousand other sensations that you could be paying attention to. You could be paying attention to your feelings, to your thoughts, to... Um, you know, to other people in the room, to my voice. There's so many other things that with chronic pain, we've conditioned our minds to just pain. It's like a magnet, we just keep being drawn to it. And so we have to train our minds to have a a lot more flexibility, to be able to shift. Oh yeah, I have a choice now. I don't have to pay attention to the pain. I can be with the pain, but I can also have peacefulness at the same time, side by side you have a lot more options. And the techniques that we're going to talk about are techniques that kind of help you um, create that. Um, there's a number of things um, about pain. Pain is both very simple and very complex. It's simple in in that it's an alarm system in the body. It basically says there's something wrong and you need to do something. Um, It's complex in that when pain gets initiated, it affects every system in our body. And when a pain cycle occurs, it involves every system in our body. So that once we have chronic pain, we've created a complex way of living our lives. The way our hormonal system responds, our circulatory system responds. So um, it requires a lot of deconditioning of the way we hold ourselves and the way we live. The traditional view of pain is that it e- either has a physical cause or a psychological cause. But all physical pain is affected by the constantly changing influence of the mind. All pain is affected by the mind, by, or by the way we view things, the way we hold things in our minds. Um, In Buddhism, we talk about what's called primary and secondary suffering. What primary suffering is the the actual pain, what hurts, the illness or trauma, um, the injury, the fatigue, all those basic um, things, the very initial pain. What the secondary suffering is the human anguish that we experience as a reaction to the primary pain. Uh, The secondary suffering is when we don't want it to be there, uh, when we're unhappy that it's there. Feelings of anger and fear, depression, anxiety, despair, those are all things that we pile on top of our primary suffering. With mindfulness, we can reduce our experience of secondary suffering. um, If we're able to eliminate or reduce the secondary suffering, our lives become a lot better quality, even if the primary pain remains unchanged. One of the things to think about, um, I don't know how many of you know the um, anatomy of the brain, but... um, In the surface of the brain, we have an area called the motor and sensory cortex. And if you think of it, it's like a little person there. It's actually kind of in the same lineup as the person's body. And there's a corresponding part to every part of your body. Like there's a little toe, there's a hand, there's a head, there's a face. There's Everything's there in this little little part of nerves. And for instance, um, if you're a pianist, the hand part is really huge compared to uh, somebody who's a dancer, whose foot part might be a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So um, the brain itself changes based on what we do in our lives and every day. It changes dramatically. So everything we do actually changes the structure of our brain. Our brain is plastic; it can be. It, it's not so set, and our thoughts actually change her brain and change the structure of her brain. There's a process called facilitation. What that means, um, again, any of you have learned any skill, like let's say playing the piano again, that, that's on my mind a lot. Um, uh, every time you play, it gets easier. The nerve pathway gets more and more facilitated and that's how you develop any skill, no matter what it is including meditation, or including negative skills, like, um, like negative thoughts. Let's say you, you feel sorry for yourself, and you don't notice that, and you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. It gets easier and easier to feel sorry for yourself. So, um, what mindfulness does, is it lets you notice these patterns, and very carefully, very consciously, change them. Um, we're going to kind of break up this, um, the, the subject into three basic areas. Um, there's three areas that we work with with pain. The first is the very physical. So that's uh, right in the body, you know, uh, my knee hurts. This is the physical sensations of pain. Um, The second one is called the affective area. That's um, how we feel about the pain or emotions or dislike or anger or fear. It's also whether whether we find the pain pleasant or unpleasant. Uh, Not the pain, but that's usually felt unpleasant. But the sensations of the body is pleasant or unpleasant. And then the third section is the cognitive, and what that is refers to our, our beliefs about the pain, and those affect um, our moods. Uh, for instance, if we feel that we're a failure because we have this pain, or some people think it's oh bad karma for stuff I did, or you know, or or oh, I was so stupid, and you judge yourself because it was your fault that you hurt yourself. You know, all those beliefs are things that deeply affect. The ability to work with pain. So, what we're talking about tonight is how we train our mind. And um, what I'll be doing is uh, doing like a few guided meditations. So, it's going to, that may be a little bit different than what you're used to doing, that directly uh, work with these different areas. And, um, You know, one of the things, you know, just to give you a little bit of um, encouragement if you're working with really severe pain, um, they did a study not too long ago um, with uh, using transcendental meditation where um, they had a group of of meditators who've been meditating for 30 years um, and they tested them for how much they perceived pain, how sensitive they were to pain. And they found that the brain response, the actual response in the brain to pain was 45% lower than the control group. So the same pain, you know, same electric shock caused 45% less pain. What was really interesting was that they took the same, the control group, and they took, um, they trained them for five months. And at the end of five months, you can tell a difference they were, in just five months alone, they were able to, you know, and I think they were practicing 20 minutes twice a day. And um, they were able to decrease their perception of pain 45%. So just by meditating, and, and that kind of meditation doesn't even look at your attitude, it's just the effects of calming the mind on a daily basis reduces our perception of pain. So if any of you, you know, don't have a daily practice, please, that's a really important part of the picture is to do it on a regular basis. There's uh one of the things I mentioned is that there's two uh, ways of approaching pain in meditation. One of them is to pay attention to the pain, and the other is to pay attention away from the pain. And so we're gonna work with approaches in both directions. Um, I wanna just very lightly define again the difference between mindfulness and concentration, because mindfulness is a pain is has um, a broad way of looking at things. Um, It notices whatever is going on. It doesn't try to hold on to any particular experience. A concentration practice is a practice where you really pay close attention to one point. Uh, For instance, you can do that with the breath. You can totally fix on the breath so your mind doesn't leave it at all. You don't let anything else enter. Now, the advantage of a concentration practice, a practice where you you don't let your mind move and roam, is that it decreases pain and creates pleasure. Uh, The advantage of a mindfulness practice is that it lets you see what's going on at any given time. Uh, Both those practices support each other. And we'll be working with both of them. The thing about concentration is that you can't take it off the pillow. I mean, you can't, you know, you can do concentration when you're uh, focused on one point, but the moment you go out into the world, you know, it's gone. So you have to have other skills in the world also. Um, One of the main uh, approaches that I'm going to be working with is um, based on Shinzen Young's work. I don't know if you're familiar with him. But he's, um, he's done just a. He wrote a really wonderful book, which I'm going to give a handout at the end, and it lists the book. And it's um, uh, a kind of relatively small book on, on working with pain and meditation. And it's got some guided um, meditation CDs. I mean, one CD with, with six guided meditations. And. Um, if this approach feels like it's something that you want to work with, I highly recommend that you, that you get the CD and work with it. It's really helpful to have someone guide you through it. Um, one of the things he talks about that I really like is he says the, the approach he uses towards working with pain is divide and conquer. And what that is is that he breaks pain up into small little pieces. And when they're small little pieces, they're manageable. They become more manageable. When we see pain as a whole, it can overwhelm us. It's just too intense, it's too big. So it trains the mind to see it in these little, small pieces. So I just I noticed a few people are laying down here, which is great. And it's okay to lie down for meditation. If you're able to do it sitting, it's a little bit easier. So I recommend you do it sitting. But if um, due to your condition, it's better to lie down, and especially if you're used to doing it, lying down, that it's great. Um, one of the teachers, that teaches here, she spent an entire three-month retreat laying on her back, so um, it's very doable. The tendency is that it's a little bit easier to fall asleep, so if you're not used to meditating on your back, there's a couple of things that might be helpful. One of them, again, depending on your condition, is that you can keep a hand up. So, you know, the elbow's still resting on the floor, but you keep the hand up. So if you fall asleep, you know right away. Uh, the other thing is like the way she's sitting there with her knees like that, but instead of putting the knees together, you keep the knees apart. If you fall asleep, they fall back in. Again, your condition may not allow that. You may need to have, you know, have your legs relaxed. The other approach you can use for laying meditation is have your eyes open, and just a very soft focus, it's probably a little too bright in here, but uh, for that, but um, don't stare, try to kind of keep a nice, easy, soft focus if you do an open eye meditation. That will help you stay awake. Now, some people, after a while, they just have no problem, it's like any position. And I think it's great for everybody to practice laying meditation in bed, in the morning, when you first get out of bed, before you get out of bed. Uh, or at night before you go to sleep, it's good to. It's good to. You know, the Buddha said you should meditate in four positions: laying down, standing, walking, or sitting. So it's really good to have flexibility in all those uh, postures. Um, <clears throat> You know, some meditation techniques suit some people and some don't. We're going to be doing a few different techniques and give them a chance because sometimes they don't come right away. You know, it, um, but but be aware that sometimes one thing really works great for one person. We're all so different. Uh, the main quality that we want to use in in this meditation is the quality of opening up the pain. And observing it. So try to start the meditation with an attitude that you're going to open up to it. You're not going to resist it. You're not going to fight it. Regardless of what comes up. I mean, if you if 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 you don't like it, if you're not, if you're angry about it, whatever. But you, even those reactions, you're going to open up to. So what we're looking for when we approach meditation is an attitude of equanimity, of opening, of of um, of not resisting what happens, of not pushing or experience away. And we want to have a mind that says yes to whatever experience is going on. So right now we're going to go ahead and start our first um, meditation moment. So make sure your body is as comfortable a position as possible. If you're sitting in a chair, you know both feet flat, Don't add to the pain by picking an uncomfortable position because you think it's good for you. When we meditate, try to be as still as possible. The stillness of the body, the less you move, the easier it is for the mind to settle down. If you have to move because of your, of your condition, go ahead and do so, but do it very slowly, very mindfully. Don't just kind of move a little quick and jerky, but really notice before you're going to move. If you're very mindful of the process, you won't lose your concentration. But, if, but don't just move for minor discomforts. Really try to be with any minor discomforts. Only move if you really need to for your condition. So in our first meditation, and these are going to be relatively uh, brief meditations, um, we're going to explore the emotional reactions to pain or discomfort. So if you, is there anybody who doesn't have any pain or discomfort right now? So a few people. Okay. What I'd like you to do for for the at least for the first part of the meditation is when we start, we'll start in a moment. Is make a fist and make it tight enough. Not that you're going to hurt yourself and hurt afterwards, but tight enough that you know you can tell you're going to get get tired after about a minute. Okay. So you'll kind of want to not do that. So so that's what you'll use for the beginning of this meditation. Okay. Um, So go ahead and close your eyes. And take a deep breath in. As you breathe out, feel your whole body settle into the posture. Allow the weight of the body to settle down towards the earth. Take a few deeper breaths and let go a little bit more on each out-breath. Now, allow the breath to return to normal. And notice how you feel in your body and your emotions. Second by second, you may have an emotional reaction, or you may have none whatsoever. You may be neutral. If you find that you have an emotional reaction I'd like you to label it label it mentally silently with a very light gentle tone like a whisper in the mind it could be anger or dislike or fear or sadness impatience Label it with the simplest word that comes up. You don't have to be super accurate. If you really don't know what it is, but you know it's something, just say something. And part of your attention should be to how does that feel if it's anger, if, it, if you're angry that the pain's there. Uh, how, you know, Pay a little bit of attention to how that anger feels. And the labeling should be just like 10% of your attention. Do it at a slow, leisurely pace. Irritation. Sadness. And if nothing's there, you might notice you're calm. So say calm. More peaceful. Whatever emotion you have, label it moment by moment. Now, place your attention on the discomfort or pain that you have, but keep noticing your emotions also as they come and go. Remember to have a friendly attitude towards your emotions, a friendly attitude towards your pain, towards your discomfort. Second by second, there's either an emotional reaction to the pain, or you're emotionally resting. Either is fine. Greet the emotional reactions with gentle matter-of-factness. When there are no reactions, enjoy the restfulness. now let go of the labeling and just establish a simple contact with the sensations in your body now we come to a very important point in a period of practice this is the transition from stillness to practice in action Slowly, mindfully, begin to move your body. Stay in contact with your body and come to a standing position. Bring the qualities of openness and interest to your movement. Stay mindful. once you're standing close your eyes again now very briefly for just one minute I'd like you to begin to make very simple gentle small movements can move your hands your fingers whatever you want your shoulders the muscles in your face your feet Stay connected with the sensations in your body. Now set the intention to stay mindful of your body as we proceed. Or if this were at home, to stay mindful for your next activity, maintaining an attitude of presence, openness, and alertness. And go ahead and very mindfully sit down again or lay down. Go ahead, and um, guess your eyes are probably open already. Um, this transition phase between meditation and the rest of your life is really important. It's very easy for people to, you know, do all this work in this meditation, and then just get up and just go on to the next thing and totally go go mindless. And um, what we want to do is we want to bring mindfulness to every moment of our day. And so the transition is how we develop that. It's the most important time of the day, right? When you just go from this very aware, awake state into the next thing, instead of rushing on to the next thing. Um, this emotional labeling is something we can practice anytime, anywhere. If you're in the car, um, let's say you're in gridlock, It's a perfect time to just sit there and go, oh, impatience, irritation, anger, worry, you know, whatever comes up, you know, and eventually, hopefully, amusement and uh, you know, and calm and peace. Um, But it's it's really something you can do any time. We want to develop an ease in finding and connecting with our emotions and noticing them, because they they will run us. And when we don't see them as they come up, uh, we're, we're, uh, we act on them and we um, contract around them. Um, so before we go on to the next one, uh, does anybody have any questions or comments on how that meditation was for them? Uh, was everybody... Uh, uh, do you have the microphones, please? Yeah. Uh, please use the microphones so everybody can hear.
1: Okay, so when your voice was, um, I'm a little hard of hearing, and when your voice got soft, I couldn't hear some of the instructions you were giving.
0: Oh, That's I'm really sorry. Okay. Um, well, you didn't know. Yeah, you know, and if that happens at all, feel free to say something, even though we're meditating. Okay, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, usually I've never been told my voice is too soft. <laughs> so that's a, the that's a first time.
1: There's also assistant hearing devices if you need one. There's assistant hearing devices in that box if you want one. Oh, I have no idea. You want to try it? Um,
0: yeah, the speakers here kind of, um, you know, there's some spots that are better than others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to keep that in mind in the next guided next oh. meditation.
1: Also, someone said there's a cell phone that's beeping every five minutes out here. If <laughs> I don't know. If you have one that you think might be on. Here, try this.
0: So, do you know where it is? It's in.
1: I don't know. It's in, is it a, in a bag? Or maybe in a backpack? I don't know. Okay.
0: So um, so how was that uh, that practice for you? Was it different than the way you've been practicing with emotions? Yes.
1: Um, I started focusing more on the pain, like you discussed. For when you began, rather than the emotion I was focusing, the pain got more intense, I think.
0: So you, you said disgust. So disgust is an emotion. No, no,
1: no. You disgust. Oh, you oh said- I disgust. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> you oh. said earlier oh, okay. about focusing more on the pain when you were in early in your practice right. I believe. Oh that. so that's what
0: happened. So you had trouble focusing on the emotion because you're focusing on yeah, I'd kind on of on pain.
1: go emotion pain and the pain was going much higher than the emotion right. focus.
0: Right. And that's why it's a training. It's a training, you know. So it's it's a really great practice for you if you had a hard time doing it. Because then you just go, oh yeah, pain and um and then you go back to oh I don't like that pain. You focus on, on what you don't like about it, on the, on the feeling of not liking. And uh, just over and over and over again. And eventually, you can disentangle the two. So.
1: Yes, I was actually surprised
0: at my the emotion. Because when I first started, I thought, there's no emotion here. This is just straight line. And then as I was more attentive, I realized there was a lot of... Uh, dread and even panic. So a lot of emotion. Yeah. Most of those things are usually under the radar for most mm-hmm. of us. And that's what we want to do with this practice. It's like really bring them to the surface. So. Any other questions or comments? Before uh, we go on to the next guided meditation. I'll just wait wait a moment until she comes back in. Um yes the one really the one not to be a Pollyanna here but the one positive thing about pain is when you have a little bit of
1: it it keeps you more alert like tonight I'm sitting here I have no pain and I'm
0: much more drowsy like almost it's harder to stay completely present because there's nothing to wake. you know there's nothing that's calling me really strongly it's interesting how it works yeah, when we uh, when I started meditating, you know, they they talk about the five hindrances to meditation, and one of them is sloth and torpor, and um, I never experienced that. I mean, it was incredibly rare, and um, you know, because the pain was just always there, even to some degree, to keep me alert. So, um, but some people can really, even with a lot of pain, when you know, they can still get very sleepy. So everybody's a little bit different that way. Um, any other comments or questions? Did anybody have a hard time doing it? Did anybody not connect with any emotions whatsoever?
1: Well I, I was just so Okay. But I actually do have
0: a question. Uh, microphone please, so yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So
1: um uh, Maybe maybe you talked about this or addressed it. Like I said, I'm very sleepy. So um, what happens to me is um, with pain in meditation, I start thinking that um, the sitting position itself is causing the pain, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm concluding that um, I shouldn't be sitting, you know, because I'm hurting my body by doing it, and. Um, so, so that's kind of the the dilemma that I get into, <coughs> you know. And I've worked a lot with my position, um, you know, how I'm sitting, my posture, and so on. And um, but you know, I just have I have back pain, and and so um, sitting is not a ideal activity, <laughs> it, you know. Like it's not a good activity, particularly for my back. <laughs> or maybe for anybody's bet. Um so, I, so that's the dilemma I always get caught in. And, um, you know, if I really get into deeper states of meditation, I can just sort of have the pain there, but it doesn't really bother me. It's sort of like a background thing.
0: Is the pain aggravated afterwards, after you meditate?
1: Um, it has been in the past. And so that's, You know, that's where I start, you know, where I think I I have actually had um, like a one-day meditation where I was hurting for two weeks afterwards because I was sitting, Mm -hmm. you know, improperly.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, if it's a day long, yeah. I'm very,
1: very reluctant to spend much time, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. yeah it's not
0: it's not a simple answer because um uh the question is about sitting meditation if you were to sit at your desk and um you know do some emails or something you know right you know for 45 minutes would you back it aggravated would you note it would your back hurt um, a day long is a long period to be sitting if you don't do it on a regular basis. It really is. And if your muscles aren't up for it, you have to work hard to get to that point. So it's not a good idea. When I sit long retreat, um, I alternate. I'll sit like this and I'll sit um, on a kneeling bench. Um, you know, so I don't use my muscles the same way all day long. Uh, so a lot of people f- uh, go between lying down and sitting. So everybody's a little bit different, you know, without knowing your back and knowing your history. Um, you, know, you really want to examine that, but jumping into a day-long retreat when, you're, when you have a problem with the back, it's way too long to be spending the whole day sitting. Sitting is hard on the back in general. Sitting in chairs. Also, yes. in the, in the... Microphone, please. Thank you.
1: in response to uh, your remark, I have been to a one week uh, meditation where the entire meditation is on uh, walking meditation and with sitting for only like very very little, maybe 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening and the rest of them are all um, walking meditation so there's a whole genre of that also as an alternative
0: and again, laying down might be a great option. To do, to alternate between laying down and sitting might be a really good option. So. Yeah,
1: all these things depends on the, the context that you're in. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I'd be happy to talk a little more about it afterwards if you'd like.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's just a, a kind of a... Contradiction, you know, when you think the, the, the very activity is like not a good physical activity.
0: Any other questions before we go on to the next meditation?